of Wisdom, a podcast of prudent questions with your hosts, Jess and Chris. I'm Jess. And I'm Chris. Francis Bacon said that a prudent question is half of wisdom. Each episode, we bring you a question our kids asked us about something they've learned, and we help them find the answers they're looking for. This time on Half of Wisdom, we're talking about dry ice. How does it change from solid directly to gas, and how do we use it? Early in the COVID-19 pandemic, the chest freezer in our basement bit the dust, and we needed to buy a new freezer. For the couple days it took to track down, purchase, and take delivery of a new appliance, we were stuck with a freezer full of food whose compressor didn't work. Faced with the prospect of losing hundreds of dollars worth of frozen food, we turned to one of the oldest refrigeration technologies. Amy, do you remember what we did? Yes, we got some dry ice from the grocery store and put it in the freezer with the food. Did it work? It did. When we moved the food to the new freezer, it was all still frozen. It was pretty interesting to see that the food could stay cold for that long. But I don't really know what dry ice is. It's carbon dioxide. The stuff that causes global warming? Yes. How does something that warms the earth keep the freezer cold? The simple answer is that dry ice is very cold, about 140 degrees colder than water ice. Why is it that cold, though? To understand that, we need to talk about why it's called dry ice. Regular ice, or water ice, melts. If you fill up a cooler with water ice and then wait a while, the ice will turn into water, and anything you put in the cooler with the ice will get wet. That doesn't happen with dry ice, because dry ice doesn't melt. Instead, it sublimates. Where melting is a change from a solid to a liquid, Sublimation is a change directly from a solid to a gas. Put a little dry ice in a cooler and wait a while. The cooler will be full of carbon dioxide gas and everything inside will be dry. Carbon dioxide can't exist as a liquid at normal atmospheric pressure, and water can, because CO2 molecules are less sticky than water molecules. With either substance, if you take enough energy away from the molecules, they get stuck in one spot able to vibrate but not move around, and a solid forms. With water ice, if you start to add energy, the molecules break away from the solid but can't move completely freely because they're a little bit sticky. One side of each molecule has a small positive charge, and the other side has a small negative charge. We call these sorts of molecules polar. Opposite charges attract, so the polar water molecules attract one another. That makes it hard for them to get very far apart, so they stay pretty close together. When molecules are close together but not stuck in place, that's a liquid. Carbon dioxide molecules, unlike water molecules, aren't polar, so they don't stick together the same way. When they have enough energy to break away from the solid, they actually can get as far apart as they want, and they become a gas. It is possible to make carbon dioxide into a liquid, but not at normal pressures. If you increase the pressure, squeeze it really hard, you force the molecules to stay close together, even when they're not stuck in one place, and you get a liquid. For this to happen, you need a pressure about five times the pressure of the air, or higher. At those pressures, CO2 behaves just like water. It goes from a solid to a liquid to a gas as the temperature increases. Amy, do you remember the temperature where water freezes? 
Yes, it's 32 degrees. That's right, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, or 0 degrees Celsius. The neat thing about water ice is that, as long as it's surrounded by air or water that's at or above the freezing point of water, its surface will be at the freezing point exactly. Anytime you have a mixture of ice and water, it'll be exactly 32 degrees. The same is true for sublimation and dry ice. Whenever dry ice is sublimating, it does so right at the sublimation point, so the surface of a dry ice block will always be minus 109 degrees Fahrenheit. That makes dry ice perfect to use when you want to keep food frozen rather than just refrigerated. Water ice itself will be at 32 degrees, but the air around it will always be a little bit warmer, so anything you store in ice will be cold, but probably not frozen. Dry ice, though, is so cold that, even though the air around it is warmer, you can keep stuff well below freezing. Is dry ice dangerous? Not especially. If you hold it for too long, it can freeze your skin. Remember, it's really cold. And if it sublimates in an enclosed space, it can fill that space with carbon dioxide gas, which may make it hard to breathe, so you do have to be careful. Transporting dry ice can be a little tricky, too. Airlines and some shipping companies consider it potentially hazardous because of its ability to turn into gas, which takes up a lot more room than the solid. If that gas gets trapped somewhere, the pressure can build up and it can cause its container to explode. And you can see how that might be a problem on an airplane. But dry ice isn't especially toxic, so it's pretty safe to put in a freezer or cooler with food you want to keep cold. Also, you don't have to worry about dry ice catching fire. Carbon dioxide is used in fire extinguishers as one of the ingredients that puts out fires. If you ever need to freeze something or keep it frozen when there isn't a way to run a mechanical freezer, dry ice can help you out. That's it for Half of Wisdom this time. We'd like to thank Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com for letting us use his song Driftmaster in our intro and outro. Check back soon for another prudent question and answer. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, or if you'd like to let us know your thoughts on dry ice and carbon dioxide, send us an email at halfofwisdom at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter at PrudentQPodcast.com.